All right. This morning we are starting a new message series, Grace Upon Grace. Um, it comes from John chapter 1, verse 16. I'm going to start by reading that verse to you all this morning. Um, I think it's the next verse. Next slide. Out of His fullness, out of God's fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. Some versions say grace upon grace upon grace upon grace. This morning and over the next few weeks, we are going to talk about that grace. Two weeks ago, I left church and went to spend a week at Warren Willis United Methodist Church Camp in Leesburg, Florida. I think there's some pictures. I spoke every night at worship with teenagers. There were about 120 teens there. Um, and I spoke every single night. Um, if, y'all, if I don't show up one Sunday morning, it's because I took a job working with youth and teens. I absolutely love being around teenagers, talking to them, hanging out with them, playing ultimate frisbee with them, beating them in volleyball. I just absolutely <laughs> love it. I just absolutely love it. But um, there is one thing that sent me running back to this place to set up in the air condition. It's not the most fun thing ever to set up. Um, a worship space, but we do it because we believe in that goodness of God that we sang about, right? And I ran back here to set this place up in the air condition because there is nothing quite like the smell of teenage boys who've played outside in the Florida heat gathering in that small room for worship. I was like, I cannot handle this smell. So I came back to a less smelly job (laughs) here. No offense to any teenage boys in the room. Um, There... Like axe and teenage boy body odor. I was like, what? Somebody light a candle. (laughs) It was bad. Anyway, um, we had a great time. Every night we gathered for worship overlooking Lake Griffin with the oak trees and Spanish moss and the cross lit up behind it. It um, It was a magical week. On Wednesday, after I had spoke two nights in a row, on Wednesday, um, a, a teenage boy, 16 years old, his name was Griffin, he, um, we were walking from one activity. I hung out with him and did activities during the day with him because I love playing Ultimate Frisbee, and I took like three showers a day because I did not want to smell <laughs> like them. But anyway, I was walking from one activity to the volleyball court with, with a group of kids, and, and Griffin, one of the 16-year-old boys, he took me aside, and, and he, he told me, he said, the Jesus that you keep talking about every night sounds so freeing. It sounds so freeing. Like, but the Jesus my friends talk about at school, he doesn't seem so freeing. Can you tell me what the difference is? And I was like, I just want to dominate on the beach volleyball course, but apparently I'm going to take you to the side and we're going to have a talk about Jesus. That's what this camp is actually for. Um, So I'll actually go do my job. But he and I, I nodded to his counselor and we sat outside of the volleyball court for a few minutes and And he started telling me, my friends at school say I can't play cards if I follow Jesus. My friends at school tell me I can't dance if I follow Jesus. And they had this like whole laundry list of things that he can't do if he follows Jesus. And I was like, I I don't really know what to do with this conversation. But his main point was simple, that following Jesus means this boxed in and controlled life full of rules. He was like, I like playing cards. Can I keep playing cards? 
And I said, gee, we played cards at church camp yesterday while it rained. I follow Jesus. Yes, you can play cards. And the, you know, he just, we kept going through the list of things he could do, but I realized there was a bigger picture that he meant. He, was, he wasn't quite being able to connect yet. And as I sat there in that Florida heat on the outside of the volleyball court, I realized that the reason most people are at this market or on the park this morning and not in here is because the Jesus we've presented to the world feels like a controlling, rule-following, awful, boxed-in life. And the Jesus we follow is different than that, y'all. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that it's an easy life, but I'm saying it's a freeing life. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to look at Romans chapter 8. If you've ever in your life been like, hey, I wonder what Erica's favorite book in the whole Bible is. It's Romans. It's Paul. He was a church planter. He was living a life of rules and greed. He was, it, it seemed like this awesome life, but it was boxed in, y'all. He was trying to get to the top. He was stressed and anxious all the time about his job. He was worried about getting to the next place. He was making other people fit in his box, cramming them in his box to fit to. And on a trade route between one city and another city, he has an experience with a Jesus who freed him of all of that. He went blind for a few days. He couldn't see what it was in front of him anymore. All he could do was listen and hear and think. And God met him in that space. He encountered the risen breathing, freeing, alive Jesus. One that freed him up for life, that, that meant a whole lot. And he spent the rest of his life telling people about this freeing, loving Jesus. The reason I love Romans 8 is because Paul explains his experience of Jesus in a way that I experienced Jesus. Instead of a controlling, boxed-in, small life, I experienced a God who whispered a call over my life and freed me to live dreams that I didn't even know I could live. Freed me from a small, boxed-in life to one alive and free. I, I realized at that camp that, that what, what Griffin and all the rest of those teenagers were dealing with was, you know, social media telling them what to do and what to believe. Their anxiety and test scores Worrying them to death, boxing them in. They have to do this and this. Worrying about their spot on the sports team. They have to, they have to fit there. Their teens, y'all, they are dealing with so much. Everything boxes them in. And this, this is what Griffin looked like when he came to camp. Boxed in by what everybody else thought about him. Trying to please everybody and get in the right college, on the right sports team and all the things. And he was living this small, boxed-in, controlled life, and he couldn't even hear the good news of Jesus because he was so boxed in. And this morning, I would love for you all to, to recognize that you're, as adults, you're probably living a boxed-in life too. I have three kids, and I have to work this job for the rest of my life. I've already put my retirement in. We have to... We <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> We have to stay in this place doing this thing. I don't know what people think about me if I do something different. People all my life have told me I can't have my dreams or what I want 
And most of you came to worship this morning living in a box too. Your anxiety, your fears, your depression, your addiction, your financial situation, your, your dreams, your relationships, your marriages has boxed you in. Just like Griffin, you don't know what words to say, but you want a free and open and breathing life. Paul, who had that experience on the Damascus Road, knows what it feels like for Jesus to take this box away and help him to live free. And in Romans chapter 8, he describes it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it to you guys. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. There is no boxes that you are going to be stuck in for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Sin, wrong, all those things that have boxed you in, you've been set free from that life for what the law was powerless to do. All the rules you've been living under, the regime that you find yourself getting up, living under every morning, it is powerless to do to free you, to live you for a free life because it was weakened by the flesh. This is what we do. We create laws and rules because we like boxes. They cramp us up and make us feel uncomfortable, but we love rules and boxes. That's what our flesh did. God did by sending. God freed us by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. He came, he knows what the box feels like. He's lived in it to be a sin offering for all these things that we keep chasing. And so he condemned sin to the flesh. He said, that is a human thing. That is a human creation. All of this stuff in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. There's something brewing in us that is going to set us right. Because we don't live according to these boxes anymore. We live free and open lives through the Spirit of God. Those, that verse involved a lot of words that maybe y'all didn't completely understand. So I'm going to read it from the message version. If you've downloaded the Bible app recently and you're having a hard time understanding um, an NIV, ESV, NRSV, some of those translations, turn it on the MSG message version because a, a guy sort of took these words and wrote them in language that might make more sense to us today. With the arrival of Jesus, God's Son, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma of creating boxes that box us in, that's been resolved. That fateful dilemma, if you are living like this, if you don't hear anything else I say, through Jesus, this has been resolved. It's been destroyed and taken away. Do you hear me? The oppression... The anxiety, the fear, the addiction through Jesus Christ, this box has been resolved. Those who enter into Christ being here for us, right? He came to live just like you and I with this flesh. Those who enter into Christ being like that no longer have to live under this continuing low-lying black cloud. Do you have one of those in your life? Do you have one of those? A new power is in operation. Can I hear an amen for that? A new power is in operation right now, right here in this place. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind. Who don't need a strong wind on this hot, stuffy day? Like a strong wind has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you, not me, 
not just Abby, not Chris, you, look around, has freed you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. It doesn't have the power anymore, Griffin. Those rules that you're living by doesn't have the power anymore. God went... This is kind of gross. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem as something remote and unimportant. The low-lying black cloud, the box you brought here, it's important to the God who loves us. That's what Paul is saying. He said, he loved me so much he met me on the Damascus Road. Because my problem, my box that I was living in was, was not some remote and unimportant problem to God. It was important. The law code, all these boxes we keep make, weakened as it always was by fractured human nature. We try, but we get it wrong, y'all. We just get it wrong over and over and over. It could never free us like that magnificent win that Jesus offers to us. It can't offer us that free that free life. These rules will never give us the life that we want. That alcohol you pick up is never going never gonna to do it. That job you keep working because you think, I'll have enough money and I'll be financially free, it's never going to do it. It's never going to do it. All those things that you keep chasing that you think is going to fix your life, it's never going to do it. In his son Jesus, he personally took on this human condition of us constantly feeling like we got to live in certain boxes and please people. He took that on. He entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. It's already been won. You already have the victory this morning. The law always ended up being used as a Band-Aid. Just, just like let's temporarily fix a problem that needs surgery, right? It's always ended up being used as a band-aid on sin instead of a deep healing of it. The trauma, the pain, the shame, the guilt you bring this morning, Jesus is ready to deeply heal it today. That's what that fresh wind is about, a deep healing of it. And now what the Law code, what we've tried to do with these boxes, what it asked for but couldn't deliver is accomplished as we, instead of redoubling our own efforts, this is, I'm, a, I'm the best at this. I'm just going to work harder. I'm just going to stay up later. I'm just going to do more. Instead of redoubling our own efforts, simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. Simply embrace what the Spirit is doing in us. What's the excuses you've brought this morning? I have three kids. I need this job. One more drink's not going to hurt me. This CBD's going to fix this. Whatever. I have a baby on the way. What is your excuse that you've brought that's got you living in this box? I have this retirement built up. I have these people to please. I can't dare not prove my point. God says this morning, stop. Stop building the boxes. They don't work. You're going to suffocate. It's no fun to live in this box. Sounds simple, doesn't it? <laughs> right? Stop the excuses and follow Jesus, that mighty wind. But we've been trying this. We've been trying to figure this out for thousands of years. What does a life of following Jesus, what is it that Paul is really talking about and does it really set us free? 
we are not the first people to ask these questions. We're not the first people to ask these questions. Some of you this morning felt like church was one more thing to get up and do today. Small group feels like one more obligation in an evening of, of a week that's already crammed full and boxed you in. Serving a neighbor, eating lunch with a kid at Shermonti, or figuring out some way to shine light and ignite change feels like one more chore in this world. How? How do we begin to see these boxes broken down so we can live free? We're not the first people to ask these questions. The people who Paul was speaking this letter to, writing this letter to, had been asking these questions for thousands of years. In fact, sometimes some of us are so comfortable in our box, we don't even know we're there anymore. We don't even know we're there anymore because it's become so comfortable for us. And, and Jesus, Jesus used Paul to tell this group of people in Roman that, that God's power, God's hope, God's freedom, when you make that first in your life, everything else begins to fall in place. There's constantly been this dilemma. Life boxes us in. Work, school, parenting, spousing, relationships. Everywhere you turn, something's kind of trying to control you and stick you in this box. How do we live free? How do we live free? Step one, step one of the freedom, he said, is get honest about that dark, low-lying cloud in your life. I'm going to be quiet for just a second, and I want you to think, what is that dark, low-lying cloud in my life? What did I walk in here with this morning? Get honest about it, because God can't, God can, but God's best freedom work is when we're honest about what it is boxing us in. What is that low-lying cloud over your life this morning? What is it that you brought in here? Get honest about that dark, low-lying cloud. You might have heard the word condemnation in that first, um, when I read it first. Condemnation literally means they take power. When you are condemned of a crime, they take some kind of power. They take your money in a civil suit, in a criminal suit, they stick you in a box, in jail, right? Some amount of your power and freedom is stolen from you. And what Paul is saying is we live like this. We choose to live a life of condemnation, a life of being boxed in because of this low-lying cloud. What is it for you? Is it your job? Is it a relationship? Is it past trauma that you refuse to deal with? Is it an addiction that's continuing to, to control your life? What is that low-lying cloud in your life? Get honest about it. What is it? And step two. Y'all hear about that, that fresh wind, that fresh breath Christ gives us? Breathe. Right now, take a good deep breath in and a good deep breath out. If you want to know what grace is, that's, that's one piece of it. It's the fresh breath of God who's in this room and wants freedom and breath in your lungs for you. Breathe. That's what he says. Breathe. Recognize the fresh wind all around you. When you're here, you can't breathe. If you get honest about that and you tell God about it, these things start to go away and you can breathe. You can breathe the fresh air, the fresh breath of what it is the Spirit is doing. Breathe. The definition of grace, when I looked it up 
in the, in the uh, Webster's Dictionary was a refined and elegant movement. A refined and elegant movement. So you go from like this to like, you know, graceful movement. Y'all know. Y'all seen some ballerinas. Don't watch my daughter. I love her so much for her uh, graceful ballerina skills. <laughs> that Think the opposite of that. But grace is this freeing and refined, this, this without hindrance moving in and through the world. That's what grace does. It turns this box of rules that you've, you've had, it turns it into to these stepping stones where you can freely move, right? It, instead, of, instead of school boxing you in, it becomes a tool for you to be who God God wants you to be. Instead of it being an anxiety producer in your life, it becomes a stepping stone to growing and learning. Cards become a way to build friends and community that you've been longing for in your life. So instead of becoming some rule, you just approach the card game different, and it becomes a step, a stepping stone. Maybe the addiction, you're like, you don't understand. An addiction isn't a stepping stone. Healing and recovering from it's going to be. The recovery God offers you becomes a stepping stone deeper into a, a free life God has for you. As he, he breaks it, breaks it down and takes it away. Breathe. Breathe. Some of y'all are about to start school this week and you're going to be moving so fast that you forget to breathe. And those boxes come right back up. Breathe. In the morning, get up and just breathe in. Spirit of God, be with me today and breathe out. Breathe. We live in a world that has us holding our breath, not knowing what's going to be next. And Jesus says, breathe. Did y'all hear that? He wants to be a fresh wind in your life. Breathe. Breathe. And step three of freedom is say, that's the spirit. Anybody told you when you've been doing something, that's the spirit? Y'all, we need a world full of you people freed up to live the dreams God's placed in your heart and not live in some boxed-in life. That's what, that's what God needs. That's what's going to change the world is you living into the dreams God placed in your heart and freeing you up to live them. We need you. This church needs you to step in to that kind of life. And when you see somebody do that, tell them, that's the spirit. As Griffin and I were sitting there outside of that, of that court, he told me, he said, Pastor Erica, I figured it out. I figured out what you're saying, because I tried to explain this in like three-minute teenage terms. He said, I figured out what you're saying. What if? And I looked at him, and I was like, what if What? <laughs> right? And he just like was smiling at me like he figured out something profound. And I'm like, what if? Okay. So I, we like, I just stared at him for like five or ten seconds. And he's like, what if? And I was like, what if what? And he was like, that's what God has freed me up to say. Instead of having to force my next step to be what everybody else wants, what if I say, what if? I let Jesus take control of this step. What if I get up in the morning and I think about school as a place to live freely for Jesus? What if? What if my college decision is about living the dream God has for me and not making my parents happy? I was like, oh, don't tell your parents I said that. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't get me in trouble here. What if? And I looked at a 16-year-old boy who has something that some of us have wanted our entire lives. Freedom to say, what if? When that low-lying cloud, when you've been honest about it, 
and the wind of God has moved it away from you, can you look up at the Spirit and say, what if? What if you use this next step to help me shine light and ignite change in a world desperate for it? What if at work I become a person who follows Jesus and says, that unethical thing, we're not doing it anymore. What if your job becomes a place you can work for justice and freedom and peace for all of God's people instead of just money for yourself? What if? Y'all see what the Spirit frees us up to start asking? Now do you see why Paul wound up in jail? I'm going to tell y'all that part, was I? (laughs) This is why he wound up in jail because when you find the freedom to say what if, it might make the people around you that's boxed you in and expected you to live some small life It frees you up. Imagine a 16-year-old right now letting go of the people-pleasing and instead being intentional about his next step saying, what if? Imagine what it looks like for six- and seven-year-olds to go to school this week with the freedom to ask, what if? Imagine that room full of Horizon kids over there saying, what if? This school year, I shine light and ignite change. What if I'm freed for a dream? What does it look like for you to go to work tomorrow with a what if in your heart and your hands and your feet? What if you started living in your marriages or your relationships or your freedom or your friendships thinking, what if I use this as an opportunity to shine light and ignite change? This is why the walls come down. This is why the walls come down. This is why the walls come down. What if? What if God uses you to be the fresh breath of the Spirit in a world desperate for it? What if? What if? Some of you this morning have never made the decision to take an intentional step of following Jesus, of letting Him save you from a life that is all bound up and boxed in. What if this morning... You met me or Chris in the back and said, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus and live free. What if that's what you do this morning? What if today you pray with us and you make an intentional intentional decision that the next step you make is going to be even more committed to following Jesus? What if you signed up to be a little more involved here at Horizon? What if when Cher Monte Elementary School starts school this week, what if they knew they had a lunch buddy waiting for them on the second week of school? What if, what if you lived your life free and not boxed in anymore? All it takes is an intentional step into, Jesus, into a life of following Jesus. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for freeing.